Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. That's kind of what we how we put it together. That's awesome. I mean, it's awesome how technology enabled all of that to uh, happen. And so, are there? I mean, are you guys planning to potentially play now that things are? I mean, things. I don't want to say opening. Things have opened up. I mean, I've I've been to shows, and you know, it's yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because no one's ever asked us to play a show ever. And Roger and I have talked about it too. It's like he's weird, you know, because. You would think he would get asked in Europe and all that. I just think people either assume that it's never going to happen because it's a side project, or maybe they're like, we can't afford to have them play. I don't know what the reasoning is, but we've never played live, and I don't know if we ever will play live. But um, would you like? Would you if someone were to ask, and it was, and it was something you guys could do without it being like you guys are going to kill yourselves doing it? Sure. Yeah, we would do it. Absolutely. Now, which leads me to my other question: Is there any chance you think we'll see um, instead, maybe again in the in the in, at some point in the twenties? That's probably highly unlikely. I mean, you know, again, Steve and I—I I just got back from Vegas last night. I was hanging out with Steve Larson. We went to a Rise Against concert out there. Okay. And uh, so we, we, you know, we have not since the day we met stopped talking. Um, and Kevin and I also stay in touch as well. Um, but, but bear, I haven't talked to bear in 12 years or something like that. And, and Steve that probably hasn't talked to him in 10 or 12 years. Also, he just stopped communicating. Um, and it's a mystery. So I, just based on that, instead it's not the type of band, you know, like Lidsville, you know, when John Bunch passed away, uh, there was a, a potential to do, to celebrate him, And, and we, they said, do you want to do an instead thing? Do you want to do a Lidsville thing? Do you want to do something? Cause you know, we know that you're one of his best friends. And I was yeah. like, uh, yeah, I, instead was the first thing that rang in my mind because that's how we met, reason to believe instead. But then when I thought about it a little bit further, I thought, well, it actually makes more sense for Lidsville because Lidsville and Sensefield played so much together. That makes more sense. But we don't talk to Bear. So, but in that type of environment, it, it didn't matter who was playing what. It was just, here's Lidsville and there's Rich and he knows John Bunch and that was pretty much it. So of course I talked to Steve, and uh, and then Greg wanted to do it, and so we got our friend Mitch Townsend, who also know knew John Bunch really well, to play uh, the other guitar, and it worked out fine. So that made sense, but to 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 do that type of thing with instead, doesn't really make sense. It's like instead it was you four guys, yeah, you know what I mean, in most people's eyes, and uh, and I'm not an original member to begin with, so yeah, <laughs> I can't make that call. So so based on that, you'll probably never see instead again. Well, 
Speaking of instead, before I go, there's there's pictures of you playing shows and you had a cast on one of your fingers. Nelson, I want to say, told me what happened. How in the world did you like? What did you slam your hand into a door of a car? Like, what's the deal with that? Yeah, that was that was rough. That was uh, we were leaving on tour. I knew we were leaving on tour in a couple of days. I was going to the beach with my brother and his girlfriend at the time, and uh, we were driving down to Newport. And he had to stop off in Santa Ana to pick up keys or, or something at some place that he worked at. I was in the back of the truck. It was a truck. So my brother and his girlfriend were in the truck. I was in the back of the truck. He, he pulls into the parking lot. We're all getting out to go get the keys or whatever it is. And I'm holding onto the hood or the, the hood, the roof of the car. And I'm standing in the back. And as I'm doing that and about to jump out of the car, my brother's girlfriend slams her car door. Oh, slams on my fingers. Oh, and, uh, the problem was it was locked. She had the door locked. So I'm screaming. She can't just open the door right back up again. She has to get the keys for my brother. So it was in there for a little bit. It was rough. And so um, I didn't know if I was going to be able to tour, but it was it blew up like a balloon. It was turning black. And I, I went to the doctors uh, right. It was the day before I left. And I said, am I going to be able to tour? And he goes, look, he goes, here's what I can do. He drilled three holes through my fingernail to, to relieve the, the, the blood and get all that stuff out to make it go back to a normal looking finger. But it was black. And he said, um, you can try it. You probably won't be able to use that finger. You tape it up. Use If you can use these two fingers, you can use them. The other two, don't, don't do anything with them. He goes, here's some medicine to take. You just put it on it every day. You should be fine. And I told him, I'm going to be gone for two months, three months. I don't remember how long the tour was. He goes, if you start to smell something wrong, like if it smells like de a dead body, go to the hospital. He goes, because then you, that's the only thing. He goes, but put the medicine on it every day, whatever. And I thought, okay, that's fine. And I did it. And so I had to tour that way. And I had to tape up my fingers and play two fingers every night. And I remember getting across the country. Things were looking good, feeling good. I was playing the songs. I remember we were in Cleveland. And um, I pull off the tape. And I was putting the medicine on there, and I, I go, oh, my God. It, it, there was this white spots on, on my fingernail, and it smelled weird. And I thought, oh, my God, my fingers are rotting. I, I'm going to have to go to the hospital. And I, I panicked a little bit. I remember I called my mom. I was like, hey, how you doing? Oh, everything's okay. I just want to talk to you and make sure, you know. And then uh, but I, and I showed Steve. Or I, was like, I was like, man. It ended up being where it was healing, and, it, and the skin was starting to peel off and whatever. But it looked worse before it got better of course of course <laughs> and it was a it was great it was a it was a rough tour man i couldn't tie my shoes you know <laughs> oh god yeah, god, i got two more questions and then and then i promise i'll let you go are those yeah. pictures behind you are those band pictures uh yes i got so i used to work at golden voice and there was promo photos that were like awesome like so you got the, the beastie boys and nirvana and the pixies and no doubt which friends of mine so gotcha gotcha okay okay music music photos awesome awesome final question and so i wrote this down i'm going to read it as written not sure if it's uh if it's going to come out well sure. so as we've gotten older do you think that hardcore you know if you don't go to shows as much um is something that you kind of because, for instance, I find that the majority of the people that I talk to, 80, 85% of the people in my life are from the hardcore scene. Mm -hmm. Do you find that hardcore 
is sort of kind of a mindset that you just sort of take with you then. And so maybe you're not going to shows all the time, go here and there, but that your your life kind of becomes the hardcore scene. I don't know if I said that correctly. I just want to know your thoughts on that because we're all getting older. I find that it's a time of reflection. Sure. No, I, I know what you're saying. I think I know what you're saying. But yes, um, I definitely, the hardcore is a, it's a lifestyle. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like, Oh, I don't like that kind of music anymore, and I just moved on, or whatever. I always, I still love that kind of music. I still am interested in what's going on. The scene has changed many times over. Every few years, there's a new thing going on, and there's new kids that are going to run it and whatever. Um, I and most of my friends in my life also stem back one way or another to the hardcore scene. I was just, um, I have a, a bakery out here, and um, I met a guy. Um, he. he we started talking, and, he, and I told him um, he found out that I was from the hardcore scene. He was from in Virginia, and he said, and it was from the same era, that early 80s hardcore. And I go, isn't it weird? I go, it's almost like being um, in Vietnam or something. It's not that, you know, but it's like it's a small group of people that were a part of something real significant for a short period of time, that early 80s hardcore, that as soon as you learn that, oh, you were doing that in, in 1984 too, it's like this connection instant connection you know uh, but yeah a lot of my friends a lot of, that i still have today are all from the hardcore scene